and welcome to the Total Soccer Show. My name is Daryl Grove and I'm joined by a man who is ensconced in Fort Taylor. His name <laughs> is Taylor Rockwell. Hello and please explain yourself. I shall. It's a double remote show is how I'm billing it. Daryl uh, recording remotely from Boston and I uh, stayed home this evening. We recorded this about 10 p.m., a little after 10 p.m. on Wednesday evening. Uh, I did not feel like going back into the office, which is a solid six minutes away by, by drive. But instead, <laughs> I, I built myself a fort with sheets and uh, stools and our table and everything like that to try to like limit some of the echo. And I'm recording from our dining room table. Don't lie to us. You just like building forts and you want a good excuse to do it in your 30s. See, the thing is that, yes, that's true. That's the whole point of having <laughs> nieces and nephews. And I think that then leads you to having children as you're like, I could build forts all the time. <laughs> all right, now I'm in. And then suddenly the fort, ma- fort making gets taken away and instead it's diapers and stuff like that. <laughs> so like you said, um, I'm in Boston. Mm-hmm. I, I had a biopsy this morning, part of my uh, treatment. And I saw the U.S. roster on my phone. Um, as I was coming out of anesthesia. <laughs> and I, <That's, laughs> so I was giddy with excitement to see Sergino Dest, Paxton Pomacal, Josh Sargent. And part of me thought, is this the drugs or is this real? <laughs> I mean, in terms of things you could see coming out of anesthesia, that's a better one. Like as long as it's yeah, not right? St. Peter, I feel like you're, you're, you're in a good place. <laughs> Luckily, Mr. Berhalter also included guys like Daniel Lovitz um, and Yassi Zardes, who I don't have any personal beef with, but I think he's like giving people the, uh, the you know the the shot in the arm that they want and the excitement and then like here's my standard guys you've also got to deal with these See, guys now i wish he had included demarcus beasley because that would have been like a nice farewell send-off thing but it also probably really would have thrown you off at that point <laughs> <laughs> like now i'm not sure what year this is anymore <laughs> So we're going to go through the roster, right, Tyler? Well, we are, but but first, uh, just to catch people up in case people maybe missed a show or two, like, so you had the biopsy, but why are you in Boston? So I've enrolled in a clinical trial, which targets the specific genetic mutation that I've got for my colon cancer. And this is like the, uh, this week is all the pre-treatment stuff. So they're getting like a biopsy to get a good look at the tumors. And I'm doing like a echocardiogram, like just to check my heart's good tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And then treatment starts next week. All right. So a lo- lot of time in Boston for Daryl. But in the, in the near future, <laughs> that's good. That's a good place to be. I, I think. might have especially, to build my own fort, especially now. Like Boston in August, I assume is slightly more palatable than Boston in say January. Yeah, which might be a thing that I'm doing. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see. We'll cross that frozen bridge when we come to it. <laughs> I, I have to ask this though: we'll cross the Charles River when it breaks. Exactly. <laughs> uh, with Jeremy Renner and Ben Affleck. Uh, <laughs> such as that's my reference to Charlestown and Boston. Um, but my question for you is this: So, Daryl, uh, because it's a trial, like. I know, I know they're always like they, they go with uh, like mice first to make sure it works. Like, do you also have to run in the gerbil wheel and, and like drink out of the water bottle or is that not part of the trial? I had to wear a mouse outfit to trick them into to, to thinking I was a mouse. It's a reputable hospital you got there, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, we've avoided other jokes we could make about this roster, but let's get to it, shall we? OK, yeah. So a 26 man roster, which is. Maybe bigger than we expected for the games against Mexico and uh, Uruguay. Mm-hmm. Could we? I guess we'll do absences when we when we get to their positions, right? You want to just go sure. position by position, like goalkeeper, defenders, midfielders, forwards. I would like that. Which is but, but, literally how U.S. Soccer bracketed it. It is. It is uh, slightly not helpfully on the actual Twitter when they announced the roster, but the link from the Twitter uh, from the tweet did that. I will. I will point out though, Daryl, you did uh, in our preview mention that there was a decent chance that there would be more than twenty three players called. So I think that's a that's a tick for you. Well done, sir. Score one for me. Exactly. Me. Uh, yeah. Right. So we've got four goalkeepers on the roster. Yeah. 
You want to you want to list them out? Uh, no, go for it. Go for it. I feel I like we were, so. we, were, we were stumbling over who was going to do it. I say go for it. Okay. Uh, we've got Jesse Gonzalez of FC mm. Dallas, uh, Brad Guzan of Atlanta United, Sean Johnson, NYCFC, and Zach Steffen of Fortuna Dusseldorf. So the obvious absence is Ethan Horvath, right? Who hasn't mm-hmm. been getting minutes for Club Bruges because of Simon Mignolet's uh, presence there. Selfishness is what I would call it. Selfishness. And what's what's the big story with the goalkeepers? For me, it's Brad Gazan being sort of back in the mix. I think uh, from the conference call, it seemed like a lot of people were pretty interested in Jesse Gonzalez's inclusion because he's one who we all kind of thought was going to play for Mexico. Then he played for the U.S. Then he kind of fell off. I think he still has zero caps at this point. So that was a like a a slight headline. Yeah. And then I, th- I think in terms of the position, goal, uh, Guzan coming back in was probably a big one. Yeah. So what do we expect to uh, to start these games? Because for me, I would go full Jill Ellis and just keep playing Zach Steffen. <laughs> really? You you want that? You want that experience? <laughs> I just want him to get reps and reps and reps and reps. Yeah, uh, it, it is it is the case. If we really did that, that like like you look at Guzan, he has sixty caps already. There are other players who have like a number of caps as well. So it's not quite even that. Like Alyssa and I are like no one else has any caps except for her uh, sort yeah. of situation. So I could see that. My guess is that we probably see Zach Steffen for one game and then Brad Guzan uh, or maybe Brad Guzan and Sean Johnson for another, and maybe Zach Steffen gets sent home a little early. Okay, yeah, that could happen. That, yeah, that's part of the thing with the 26-man roster is you do name a 23-man matchday roster, right? right? So someone could get sent home between Mexico and Uruguay. Yes, which I, I wouldn't love because I, I actually think I would prefer your idea because I do like the idea of teams having kind of spines and consistent spines at that. Right now, that would feature probably Michael Bradley, which I know makes people upset. But like, I like the idea of the uh, like Zach Steffen, John Brooks, Bradley, McKinney, Adams, Pulisic, and then question mark up top but i like the idea of like central spine that would be good for me all right okay you want to move on to defenders yeah that works for me uh there are nine in there do you want to split them or you want to go this time i'm I'm gonna go i'm gonna go nine defenders so we've got john brooks reggie cannon sergino dest nick lima um aaron long daniel lovitz tim ream miles robinson and walker zimmerman interesting thing to me here taylor is we have three right backs on this roster (laughs) sergino dest nick lima and reggie cannon we do. Interesting thing for me, I've just looked at U.S. Soccer's like listing of the roster, and they have added the teal day to Sergino. Nice. Did that used to be there? That didn't used to be there, right? It's been Sergino this whole time, and now it's Sergino. I'm not sure. They're putting some respect on it, though. Uh, they definitely are. I think it's whatever. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to guess it's whatever he wants it to be. <laughs> it's what they're willing to do to make sure he stays in the just U.S. don't wear orange. We, exactly. We respect <laughs> your teal day. Please don't go play for the Netherlands. <laughs> So what do you make of that, though? Dest, Lima, and Cannon, um, three right-backs. Um, and I also saw, wasn't it, I wasn't on the conference call, I know you were. Mm-hmm. Didn't uh, Behalter mention that Dest can play right-back or left-back, which suggests mm-hmm. he might, I mean, I think he's sort of not a strong at left-back, but he's played there for Ajax this season, for example. So there's a chance we see Shijino Dest on either side, right? He, yes, he, he talked about that. He also talked about the versatility of Nick Lima. But I think, yeah, I got a stronger implication that if they did, say, want to change it up and have a more attacking left fullback as opposed to like the left back becoming a left center back with Tim Ream, it did feel like it would be Shijino Dest at that point. Uh, all apologies to any other can- uh, candidates, including Daniel Lovitz. <laughs> There's also, you know, remember the problem we had in the Gold Cup final against Mexico mm-hmm. where uh, they switched Pizarro, switched sides? Yeah, that's what, that's what uh, I'm talking about. It's like, I so like the idea of a more attacking fullback and that would probably be Dest. But what I'm imagining is like Dest could start at right back and then if a team oh. switched sides to unbalance it, we could just flip it and Dest goes play left back. <laughs> it is. You know what I'm saying? Like you could, we could change the shape without changing the personnel if Dest can play either side. That is a like strangely like 
like U11 tactic that should be utilized more often. Like you're absolutely <laughs> right. That it should be like, oh, you're going to go to that side? Well, I'm going to that side with you. I guess that's just man marking, but I still like that idea. It's just Dest running lateral. He's <laughs> swapping positions with uh, with a Mexican winger. Yeah. Um, uh, we should mention uh, there are a few absences here, obviously. Uh, we don't know if Tyler Adams would have been listed as a defender, but he is not on the roster due to injury. Uh, nor is Matt Miazga, who picked up an injury, I think, last week. Uh, and DeAndre Yedlin, in terms of your defensive options, also not there because of injury. That would have been a lot of right backs, right? If Yedlin had also <laughs> been be, on there. That would be problematic, yeah. Big inclusions for me are John Brooks. I think this is his first time under Bearhalter. I think. I might be wrong about that. He wasn't in the Gold Cup roster anyway. That would make sense. It'll be the first time. He might have played in March. I can't remember. I'm sorry. But he didn't play in the Gold Cup, so it's nice to see John Brooks back. Um, And Miles Robinson called up for the first time. I'll be interested, even if he only gets 20 minutes here or there, I'll be interested to see what Miles Robinson looks like as an international footballer. Because to me, this is not very good analysis, but he has a very international soccer vibe about him. How do you you know what I'm saying? Just the way, his like comfort on the ball kind of thing, you know yeah. what I mean? That it's it, he seems built for the next level. Uh, and I should uh, you asked me earlier like what Matt Doyle and I talked about because uh, you insisted on you know having treatment instead of listening to our <laughs> podcast, which I feel like is personally selfish, but you know decisions. Um, but we did talk about Miles Robinson, and uh, Matt did uh, assure me a little bit that Robinson's uh, passing and especially long passing has improved over the course of the season, so we can be a little bit more confident uh, about that one. And I am excited to see Miles Robinson uh, potentially making his. Day debut uh i do think it will probably be john brooks and mm, i'm not sure who else there maybe aaron long are our starters but i wouldn't mind seeing miles robinson start at least one of these games i mean if we're picking a starting lineup i would go dest at right back zimmerman and brooks as my center backs and aaron long as my left back as long as long as latan's not playing i guess we can have walker zimmerman <laughs> uh, I, actually though Darryl, uh, i wanted to go back to the uh, a lot of right backs comment you made because yeah. I, that kind of genuinely didn't occur to me that like yeah there's three on there already and then if deandre yedlin comes in as a right back he's in there and then if tyler adams comes in and plays that right back spot then he's in there that's five and yep. uh yeah n- uh, i don't know if you know math or not but yeah uh three plus two is five um and that does make me wonder then like i wonder if this is a chance for berhalter to experiment a little bit and see if the three right backs in camp right now can do sort of that job and maybe that does allow tyler adams if he's called in for say the nation's league games which i hope he will be maybe that's when we see him play more centrally because there are so many right back options so instead of the adams right back to center mid thing you'd have adams just start in center mid because we have so many right backs Yes, except that unless it is the case that like that job is only to be done by Tyler Adams and or Nick Lima, then maybe <laughs> we see, still see him there. But I still wouldn't mind seeing him deployed further up the field. All right. I guess we'll find out. I mean, I'm interested in these games as well. Do we do the classic mm-hmm. um, sort of halfway to the Gold Cup? We switch to Reggie Cannon just being a bum forward, right back, Cannon forward, <laughs> right back who just overlaps uh, Tyler Boyd, right? And then Tyler Boyd tucks inside a little bit. Um, or do we go back to... Uh, Nick Lima drifting into midfield and forming that extra centre midfielder. I'd like to know if that experiment is over, if that experiment is sort of abandoned when Tyler Adams isn't around or if it's still on with, say, Nick Lima or even Sergino Des, maybe. Do you think, is Greg Berhalter the type of coach, and I mean this sincerely, that we can like ever say something is over? Because I guess I, I don't know why I feel this way, but I have this feeling that even if we don't see him do that again for like the next like four camps, we may still see him pull that out in a random World Cup qualifier at some point. <laughs> yes, I, I think that's true. Okay. I think anything that's been worked on can be brought back, right? Okay. Yeah. All right. I, I'm, I'm with you there. But I, so is that a thing that you then are going to be paying particular uh, attention to? Is like, what do the right and left backs do against this definitely stronger opposition 
Yeah, and I'm, I'm also interested in, like, you know, we've been playing, say, Tim Ream at left back, and I've got Aaron Long as my left back in that same, he'll switch to left centre back kind of role because the right back goes so, so far forward. But it'd be interesting to see what would happen if we had essentially two overlapping fullbacks, right? If there was like Cannon on one side and Dest on the other, suddenly it's a whole different setup where if we want three centre-backs, it would have to be like the defensive midfielder dropping back between the other centre-backs. Uh, say that say that fullback pairing one more time. Uh, so uh, Cannon on the right and Dest on the left. I just wanted to see if I could make Adam Bell's heart explode listening to that because I feel like that would, would be enough to get the like heart that? going really, really fast. Yeah, I, I feel like yes. Then, I feel like that's what he wants. Uh, but then I think everyone's heart would slow down with disappointment when we see uh, number six dropping between two centre-backs. Right? Daryl. Daryl, no one needs your reality, okay? <laughs> we, don't, we don't need that here. We're all about rampant speculation. We don't, we don't need grounded in facts. Before we move on to midfielders, do you want to talk about today's sponsor? Do I? I sure do. Oh, right. uh, I, I want sure to talk do. about them because uh, since I'm recording from home, I can say that uh, today's sponsor is uh, sitting on the table in front of me. And what what is it? Uh, Today's sponsor is Feels, uh, a better way to feel better. Uh, Their premium CBD will keep your head clear and help you feel your best. They've been proven, CBD has been proven, to greatly reduce anxiety, pain, and sleeplessness. I was feeling all three of those things with Daryl out of town. I don't know what to do with myself. I just pace (laughs) around the office. It's a very small office, and I just pace around until Daryl returns. It's been like three days now, Daryl. Does, does the oil help you calm down? A little bit, a little bit. I should say it's been three days, even though you left yesterday. But yes, uh, the oil... <laughs> it just feels like three days. It, it makes me like uh, pause for a moment and think, things will be fine. Go home. <laughs> and if you're new to the world of CBD, navigating the world of CBD can be, can be complicated, but it feels they look to make the process as simple as possible so you can start feeling better sooner. Yes, and then if you uh, just want to try it, you can do that. But if you know what's right for you, then their hassle-free membership program is guaranteed to help you feel your best month after month or your money back. It's that simple. So you get it sent to you. We've talked about it before, but like the the packaging is some of the best packaging I've ever seen. And that <laughs> that's sh- what my wife said. And it shouldn't matter, but it does. Because yeah. when it when it is a sort of innovative product, you, you, like you don't want it to come in very like outdated packaging, and you think like, wait a minute, are you guys new or are you just kind of repackaging an old thing? When and it's new and fresh and different. You sort of have that like, okay, all right, we're breaking ground here. We're trying something new. I'm into it. Let's do this thing. Phil's also offers a membership. If you become a member, you get 50% off your first order. That's 50% off your first order when you become a member. So you should do that. And Daryl, if you want to become a member, what could our people do? So become a member today by going to feels.com slash TSS and you get 50% off your first order with free shipping. Don't pay the postman. That's F-E-A-L-S dot com slash TSS to become a member and get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. That URL one more time, Taylor. Is feels.com slash TSS. Thank you very much to Feels for sponsoring today's episode. Thank you very much to Daryl for having the copy in front of him when I did not. And uh, if people are wondering why I said, what can our people do? It's because I've been watching Vikings again and now i'm all about vikings <laughs> just invade someone right isn't that normally the answer <laughs> that does seem to be the general conclusion of every episode yes <laughs> so we you want to you want to go raid some places yeah i guess so. I mean, that's pretty I mean, much no, it i don't <laughs> yeah nor do i it seems like a lot of uh seafaring and a lot of stuff that you know today would be generally frowned upon a lot of viking behavior <laughs> should we move on to our midfield i suppose we should okay so midfield is sort of the the most interesting, I want to say, because of Michael Bradley's absence. Yes. So we should talk. So Bradley and Altador and kind of Omar Gonzalez, I'm not sure how close he was to the roster, are all missing from this roster because Toronto have two games around the time of these international friendlies. Yes. I believe it's to do with the Canadian Championship. They're playing in the Canadian Championship final 
in mid to late September. So their MLS schedule had to be had to be squeezed. Ah. So don't blame MLS. Blame the Canadian. I mean, I, I blame MLS. <laughs> I blame because they are not the only ones who have uh, games during this international break, and they were not the only ones who that had to be factored into their uh, consideration for this roster. Uh, so it does make me feel a little bit frustrated that we still don't get to see some of the names I wouldn't mind seeing combined with some of the younger names. But yeah. it's MLS; that's how it goes. Uh, and I would add, I, I said this on Twitter, uh, but for people who don't follow us on Twitter or didn't see, uh, uh, Berhalter was specifically asked about the absences of Bradley and Altador, and then. He he included Omar Gonzalez in that conversation. Now, that might have been because he wanted to like conclude with taking three players away from a team that's chasing the playoffs. I think they're right now in the playoffs, but in the very last spot. Maybe that would have been too unfair, but I think that makes it look like a stronger argument than just saying, yeah, I didn't want to call those two guys in. I think he just included Omar out of politeness. That could also be. Yeah. That could also and Mar- be. And Marky Delgado died a little bit inside. <laughs> So let's talk about the oh. midfielders who actually are there then, shall we? Yeah, okay, so the seven midfielders named to the 26-man squad are Sebastian Leggett, good call by you on our show. Remember, oh, yeah. you were including him on your roster. Weston McKenney, my broken, hero, my Broken clock, hero. baby, broken clock. Alfredo Morales. No one saw this coming, right? But Alfredo Morales. It's almost as if watching Zach Steffen play for Fortuna Dusseldorf has um, <laughs> somehow has got Alfredo Morales noticed again. Um, <laughs> and then we've got- I feel like Greg Berhalter went to Soccer Way and saw like two American flags and was wait, what's his name? Who's, who's this? <laughs> who's this guy? Uh, Paxton Pomacal. I'm really excited about Paxton Pomacal mm-hmm. being on this roster. Christian Roldan, Will Trap, Jackson Yule. Those are your seven central midfielders. They are. And I want to go back to Morales for a moment because yeah. you said no one saw this coming. And, and I would emphasize that because I did go back and like watch Scout footage of him to see what he's been doing and why. Because we often get tweets from people, I think specifically Bundesliga watchers, who wonder why doesn't Alfredo Morales get any consideration? Why do we never hear his name mentioned? And so I wanted to try to kind of give them an answer. And we talked about it on that roster preview show about how we questioned some of his passing. We questioned some of his like defensive stability and positioning. We liked a lot of him roaming around and putting out fires and being physical. And that's where we kind of concluded that if he were maybe going to be included, he'd be more of a number eight. And it felt like we had enough depth there at that spot. So that's why we ruled him out. So to see him included, it makes me wonder, will he be a number eight? Will he be tried as a number six? And and how will he do? It's one of the things I am now very uh, excited to see in these friendlies. Yeah, so for the the entire Behalter um, era, it's been either Will Trapp or Michael Bradley at that number six spot, right? And they're both guys who can hit that big diagonal, who, you know, really good at the the long pass because that's what he wants from that position. So with Bradley out, you've got to assume that Trapp starts the first game. I know some people won't be happy about it, but I think that's kind of what will happen. But I'd love to see whether Morales, I'd love to see if Morales is even given a go in that spot to see if Behalter is more flexible in terms of, what he wants from his number six. Can it be, because Morales is more of a destroyer, right? Mm -hmm. So could it be a destroyer as the number six or does it have to be a sort of long range passer? Uh, I, I think it has to be Will Trap is what it has to be. And I don't say that because I have any particular love for Will Trap. I say that because it's Mexico first, right? Yeah. And I think I just wanted to make sure before I continued on. And and I do think that if it were switched around, maybe we see some experimentation there. But because it's Mexico and that just has even if it's a friendly, it just has that elevated level of importance. Yeah. I I doubt Berhalter is as inclined to gamble completely. I think he's going to try to learn from the some of the mistakes in the Gold Cup final. And I think some stability in midfield will help with that. And that's why I do think we'll see Will Trap at least for that first game. 
And then I would I would bet money that if Trap is replaced by anyone, mm-hmm. it'll be Jackson Yule, not Alfredo Morales, because Yule is a bit more similar in terms of his his main asset is his passing. Yeah, I, I can see that. I can see that. It, it's still then because we have seven midfielders here for essentially three spots, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so then there's that overlap, and that's and that's maybe what we can try to figure out is we assume Will Trapp is a number six. We assume maybe Jackson Ewell also is a number six. Weston McKinney, uh, Berhalter said, is going to be a number eight. Uh, Legette, we would assume, is more of a number ten. Same thing with Paxton Pomacall, which leaves Alfredo Morales and Christian Roldan, both of whom could play that number eight spot. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> exactly, exactly, right? See, that's, that's, I'm glad you picked up on my question mark ending. Uh, so I, I would assume that that's where they'll be looked at. Maybe we do end up seeing Christian Roldan played wide. We speculated on that one, uh, or on that yeah. possibility. Uh, the jet possibly wide as well. There's always that option. Yeah. That that is that is definitely true, and maybe we do end up seeing Christian Pulisic uh, come back in as a number ten operating more centrally. Although uh, it is telling that we have not yet talked about him. So yeah, uh, so Paul Ariola is not on this roster, right? The mm-hmm. stated reason is uh, family issues. Um, Paul, so Paul Ariola not involved. So it makes that whole left side a lot more interesting because we just assumed it was Ariola plays wide and mm-hmm. Pulisic is just inside him as the number ten, right? Yep. My my hope is that the left side is now some combination of Christian Pulisic and Paxton Pomacal. Uh, do you know who agrees with you? Who's that? Matt Doyle. That was the number one thing oh, he cool. wa- that was the number one thing he wanted to to see, I believe. So you uh you are in good company on that one, my friend. Uh but which before- way which way round did he want it? Did he want Pomacal wide or Pulisic wide? He wanted Pomacal as the number ten, Pulisic wide. I see I think that could really, really work just because Pomacal like covers so much ground and would yeah. almost open things up for Christian Pulisic. And, and with that in mind, uh, I don't want to get him like wrong. I don't want to misstate what he said, but I believe uh, a key part of that was the sort of interchange, they, that they're both capable of yeah. switching roles when they need to or both overloading one side or both operating centrally and, and pairing together. So uh, that is why Doyle was, was pretty pumped about that one. Before we move to the more attack, though, we should also mention one player who's not on this roster who we haven't yet talked about is Darlington Nagby. Do you want to talk about that oh. now? Yes. So I was really surprised. I saw Paul Tenorio's story for The Athletic that basically said Nagby turned down an invitation to the Gold Cup after Dwayne Holmes was injured and turned down an invitation to this September camp. Um, I should have done more research because I I read that article as well. Hasn't this been the case with Darlington Nagby once way in the past? Like, was it under Jurgen Klinsmann that he turned down a call? I think when he first moved to Atlanta from Portland, he was caught up for something and, and turned it down then for family reasons. I may oh, be I wrong on that, but I have a vague recollection that that's the case. I remember there was a talk in January about him missing Bearhalter's first roster okay. um, because of the CONCACAF Champions League. Uh, but I don't it. remember. I don't remember what happened with Klinsman. All right. Well, so and that's not even that important. It was just a sort of like momentary, like, oh, is this just kind of a thing that maybe sometimes he doesn't want to play? Because I have a hard time believing that he has some deep seated beef with Greg Berhalter. Maybe yeah. more so with U.S. Soccer potentially, but maybe it is just bad timing, uh, two or potentially three times. Uh, yeah, maybe. And it, also, I noticed from the conference call notes that. Uh, Berhalter basically wouldn't give any details, right? He just said, "This is these have been private conversations and I'm not sharing them. Which does then, like like trying to play devil's advocate previously, I would now say that that comment to me feels like, I think I've made that joke before. It's like the SNL joke about like when you say no comment after giving a comment, it means that you're commenting. And and to be, <laughs> to talk kind of openly about other players and then when asked about that one, be like, well, we're going to keep that private. It, it feels to me like maybe it is the case that there was like a family tragedy and that's why he doesn't want to talk about about it to kind of put his business in the street but it did feel more likely that it was sort of a yeah i don't really want people to know what happened there so let's just move on and talk about other things 
Pretty much. Didn't you also asked a question on the conference call, didn't you, about mm-hmm. Weston McKenney yeah. possibly playing that number six role, which I think is interesting because we've we talked about that on the show last week, right? After a, a listener question, I did, and um, I asked what, it only. What was the only, response? I asked it only several questions after he had uh, previously said that uh, we in the media get hung up on positions. So <laughs> that was fun. Too um, brave, man. <laughs> it's it's more to be if you want the like the full disclosure view behind the curtain. I had my list of like six questions before the conference call started, and. Like three questions in, none of them had been asked. So then I was like, all right, I'm going to ask my questions because I want at least one of these answered. And then four of them got knocked off in like immediate succession. <laughs> and I got real nervous that we were going to get to the last one. And I was just going to be left like, so uh, excited to play in St. Louis? <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, that didn't happen. Yes. So I asked about McKinney as a number six. You and I have talked about that previously. Um, and essentially, Berhalter said it's possible he could do that. Maybe we'll try that. But his value in the attack is really what they're prioritizing specifically, and I think this is worth paying attention to in these games. Uh, Weston McKinney's sort of ability to arrive late once the attack has already been established, once possession has been established, that he arrives a little bit late and maybe is able to operate a little bit more freely as a result is, I guess, a particular skill set that Greg Berhalter wants to continue to utilize and wouldn't be able to do that uh, with McKinney playing number six. Yeah, and we saw that in the Gold Cup, right, where, say, there's the number six that Bradley was holding – Pulisic is the number 10 who's already advanced and he's looking to receive the ball higher up the field. And then McKenney like starts alongside the number six, but mm-hmm. then joins the attack. Right. That's been the pattern of the midfield, right? Yep. And I think it worked pretty well. It's also kind of what he's doing for Schalke. So if we have McKenney doing that same thing like over and over again, it, I think he's only going to get better at it. And, and I really like that because that seems like I don't always love what he's being asked to do at Schalke, but it seems very reminiscent of what he does well, for Schalke. Play which, for Schalke. That's yeah, the bad yes, part. <laughs> yes, that's the bad part. Um, but like just the idea of like it's his job to like make sure the house is locked before everybody goes out for the night. I sort of enjoy that he has to check and make sure everything's <laughs> covered. Now he can go have fun. Like I like <laughs> Weston McKinney doing that because he does kind of do that for Schalke. It seems like he's the midfielder tasked with putting out fires and, and making up for blown coverage or trying to step out to put pressure on somebody when no one else is doing that and that feels like a role he's comfortable in so i wouldn't mind him continuing to do that with the national team are you ready to move on to forwards i suppose i am um do you have them in front of you i think i read out defenders and midfielders so we should get the full balance and get taylor to read the forwards. sure six forwards on the roster uh cory baird of rsl tyler boyd of uh not bethesthoff or however people uh i've heard multiple different pronunciation on that one today yes uh jordan morris of the seattle i believe it's the sounders if i pronounce that one correctly christian bulisic of chelsea not dortmund i almost made that mistake just now josh Sargent of verda bremen and giassi zardes of the columbus crew uh daryl one quick add-on uh like my my first question about this roster, strangely enough, I think was about Corey Baird, because that's one that I feel like I still don't have much familiarity with. I'm not sure if you do either, but if people want to hear us talk about Corey Baird, then they should go listen to Matt Doyle explain to me why he's good and on this roster. Okay, can you explain to me? Or do I have to go back and listen? <laughs> I might make you go back and listen. Okay, uh, that's I mean, fine. I'll go back and listen. Okay. We should should know again. I don't want to butcher Doyle's uh, words there, but I'm I'm not going to say the impression I got coming away from it was not like necessarily the uh, the most positive. Is how I'll put it. Oh, interesting. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, One name missing: Tim Ware. Um, He would have been the sort of the Mm -hmm. quadruple, right? Would have been Dest, Pomacal, Sergeant, and Ware. That would have got everybody pumped. Uh, but from what I understand, Tim Ware is carrying an injury, yeah. didn't play for Lille in a game either today mm-hmm. or yesterday. 
Um, so he's injured and so he can't be on the roster is the only reason. This is very true. And it did make me sad. And, and we did have a lot of people uh, both tweeting at us and just on Twitter today being very upset by the absence of Timothy Weir. But yeah, you're yeah. absolutely correct. You should Injury. check first, right? Before, yeah. you, before you get mad about someone not being on the roster, you should check the reason why. And you should also maybe like look at what the ramifications of that might be because there's a decent chance that he was going to play that wide left spot. And maybe now that he's not there, maybe that's why we get to see Christian Pulisic there. So oh, okay. possibilities yeah. is all I'm saying. Daryl, <laughs> speaking of uh, people that aren't there, I, I now have to question your credibility in, in terms of uh, driving hype buses. Okay. Do you know Which who you've I- forgotten to discuss? Um, no, I don't know. Dwayne Holmes, my friend. Dwayne Holmes. Yes. He played for Derby, right? He, he did get a game in for Derby, but I guess it came too late. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah, I think so. Or was he still with the U23s or has he actually played for the Derby senior team? I think he point? played a game for the Derby senior team, but so my understanding, I didn't uh, yeah. see it. I just mm-hmm. saw some reports. I think he played right back and didn't do so well. That is what Matt Doyle said very briefly. So yes, uh, I concur and you are right, but, uh, I think he is still hurt that you forgot to mention him. So I wanted to make sure we got it in there. Dwayne, uh, I'm on your side and Daryl's not. <laughs> oh You're don't, we don't want to upset Dwayne Octavius we don't we don't, we don't. <laughs> I forgot I was Octavius um, alright so we've got Corey Baird in there we've got Christian Pulisic uh, we would assume that maybe those are the options uh, on the wing and then joining them would be Tyler Boyd Jordan Morris uh, I, this is a strange question but I mean it sincerely are you more excited to see Christian Pulisic potentially on the left wing or are you more excited to see more of Tyler Boyd and try to figure him out a bit more more of Tyler Boyd, yeah. Okay. I think I got like a taste of Tyler Boyd, and I, I want to. I want the whole meal. I want to see. I want to see what the full ingredients are of Tyler Boyd on the right wing. I even I watched some Besiktas highlights to get a good look at Tyler Boyd, and he still just looks like someone like super pacey, willing to go at people, put balls in the box, will make things happen. I, I'm just excited for Tyler Boyd. Yeah, it Jordan. seemed like we there was a quote right from the conference. Didn't someone ask about Jordan Morris mm-hmm. being selected over Boyd towards the end of the Gold Cup? Uh, it was essentially like what happened because that has been the source of some consternation. Was there an injury or was it just that Tyler Boyd didn't do what was asked or he fell off? And the gist of Greg Berhalter's answer was that we kind of at that point of the knockout round, we want to go with people who are in form. Uh, and we felt like Jordan Morris's form was better than Tyler Boyd. Uh, I think he concluded by saying like that's not a condemnation of Tyler Boyd and it doesn't mean he's not going to be useful to the squad going forward. But it just meant that Jordan Morris in that moment uh, was kind of in form and the one we wanted to go for. All right, well, let's start Tyler Boyd against Mexico, please. Quick question for you. I agree on yeah. that. Quick question for you. Did you watch Tyler Boyd on Scout or did you watch highlights? I watched, um, I think someone had put together highlights okay. of Boyd for Besiktas. I was, I was asking solely because if you had watched like a, like a game or like extended highlights or something, I would have then had to wonder how much of it was your desire to watch Tyler Boyd and how much of it was to maybe get like a fleeting glam, uh, glimpse of Ricardo Koreshma. <laughs> I mean... It's a two for one, right? I, I know you. I know you love that man. I know you do. <laughs> Let's talk about the striker. Sure, it's going to be Jassy Zardes or Josh Sargent. And uh, Daryl, I don't know if you know this, but I think one of those is uh, slightly more agreeable to soccer Twitter than the other. It is, but that's not how the team gets picked, is it? Is it not? Mm-hmm. I thought Twitter outrage controlled the starting eleven. I mean, maybe, maybe it's. It, I don't know if it actually. I think things just lined up for this roster, right? The, the, yeah. The Twitterati. <laughs> got a lot of their wishes uh, come true. I still think there's a chance that you see Cesar start against Mexico just because Berhalter trusts him and 
he knows the system and all that stuff, unless yep. Sergeant is lights out in practice. I think that is dead on correct. Uh, and it goes back to what I was saying about Will Trapp. I think for that Mexico game, he's going to want a little bit more consistency in players who have been there before and have already been able to execute the game plan, even if yeah. uh, soccer Twitter thinks they have not. And so, but yeah, maybe I gamble th- on one or two, right? He might yeah. gamble on Dest or Pomacal. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. But I, and so I think you're absolutely correct then that unless Josh Sargent comes in and scores a million goals in training and really is just like lights out, no one can defend him. I think it probably is Jassy's artist in that first game. My guess would be Sargent for like the last 20 minutes and maybe he starts the Uruguay game. Yeah, that sounds about yeah. right. But we just got to accept little bits of progress as we go, right? I mean, I'd much rather see Sargent start, to be honest. But um, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's, it's, I, I think. I was, I was, I found it now that we've kind of talked about everybody on the squad. I'll add this. I was surprised by the reaction to this roster because for me, it was sort of like, yeah, that's about what I expected. And it's nice to see, say, Serginho Dest in there. I was really excited to be Paxton Pomacall, to see Paxton Pomacall. I would be very excited to be Paxton Pomacall, but, <laughs> uh, for purposes of this conversation, to see those two names on there, it was like, yeah, that's great. That's exciting. And instead, sort of the reaction I saw was as though Greg Berhalter had like finally gotten it right. And it, and that, that seemed, odd to me and i'm wondering did you see that reaction as well did you have that too or were you sort of just like yeah that's great cool i saw that reaction i think what people forget is that dest and pomacal played in the under 20 world cup Mm -hmm. so they could not be selected for the gold cup so i think there's this misunderstanding that they've just been completely overlooked whereas in reality they played in the u20 world cup and then they're both called up to the national team at the first opportunity afterwards all right yeah Yeah. so i think people's patience just isn't maybe as long as it should be there we go. Yeah. Be more patient, people. Be more patient. <laughs> uh, he, he, sa- he says, knowing that I said this show was going to be out uh, this afternoon and now it's uh, going to be out late night. Be, be patient, everybody. <laughs> Let's all just be patient. Um, Daryl, do you want me to run down the list before we go of some of the things that you and I have mentioned we're excited to see? I mean, yeah, sounds like a good idea. All right. We've got um, uh, which right back start and where do they go in terms of are they going like <laughs> bombing down the wing? Or are they going more central? Uh, we want to see the, if there's going to be any left back variation or is it kind of the standard thing we've been seeing? Is there any rotation there? Do they try to play a more attacking player? Uh, how does Miles, or is it Tim Ream? Or is it Tim Ream? Uh, Miles Robinson, how does he do under pressure? How does he do with the ball at his feet? Uh, we want to see how Morales is used, Alfredo Morales, how he's used and where he plays. Uh, Pulisic's position as well. And then also the kind of Pulisic, uh, Pomacall interchange, if that ends up happening, Tyler Boyd's performance and how much time he's given and who starts up top and how good uh, they look or Jesse Zardes looks. Have you been taking notes while we we're talking? That's I sure a have. Great summary of the show. I sure have, my friend. We should just edit everything else out and just publish that last bit. All right, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Oh, and also uh, uh, number six options. Who else can play number six? Number six options. All right, I'm sure we'll talk more about this as we get closer. Right, I think um, Mexico have released their roster. It's got Chucky Lozano on it. Oh um, so we'll, uh, we'll does it really? Take a, I thought that wasn't yeah. going to happen. Oh well. Well, it did. <laughs> we'll take a closer look at that and think about how we match up against Mexico when we get closer to match day. Is, is Pizarro back in there? Pizarro is there too. Yeah, yeah. be. <laughs> 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 All right, so uh, we'll take some time to to figure out how to deal with my anxiety. Maybe I'll use feels, and then that will make me feel less anxious about Mexico's wide attacking options. Um, if it does, then everyone should own all of the feels all the time, <laughs> including maybe Greg Berhalter. <laughs> All right, Taylor, so I'm off for more medical stuff tomorrow. All right. Um, I know that uh, you'll have a special guest in my place Mm -hmm. for Thursday's show. But I'll be back in the office on Friday to do some listener questions, where, as promised, we're going to talk about Bolton Wanderers and Berry FC and what's been going on with those two teams. I am excited because I genuinely don't know, aside from uh, money is an issue. Uh, So I, (laughs) I always like the opportunity to kind of dig deep on those types of topics and figure some stuff out. 
Yeah, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. Until then, I will say, Taylor Rockwell, thank you for communicating with me from Fort Taylor this evening. (laughs) Right back at you, buddy. And thank you for calling it by its proper title. Listeners, thank you for listening. And we will talk to you again very soon. 